So today, I have no idea what's going to happen. Okay, I've written a sermon as I do because I'm diligent and I think I've got a passage. It's the start of our Christmas service uh, uh, series. I'm going to write it down. I know roughly how many words I have to write in order to fill the time. And so I know roughly what I've got to do. So I did it, even though I struggled with it. And then this morning, I think God's telling me to do something else. Still part of the Christmas series, still from the passage. But I might well be doing something different. I I really don't know. So I'm going to start and see what happens. I've not done it like this before. I have amazing respect for many reasons for my dad. But often as kids, my, my dad would be preparing and we say, Dad, have you got anything for Sunday yet? And he'd say, no, not yet. Sunday morning, Dad, have you got anything yet to preach on? No, not yet. And we go, it's going to be a good one then. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. And, and he would do that often. And um, I've never done that. I'm not as bold. But then sometimes God changes things. Actually, what happens is God's plans stay the same. And we change. And I think that's what's going on. So it is our Christmas series. okay? and I'm really pleased that we've started this series in December and not before. (laughs) okay? and I have a little bit of logic for you to start off with. If you can just put up my flow chart. okay? this is a really easy way to find out whether it's Christmas yet. Is it November? Yes. It's not Christmas then. Okay, it is December now, so you are allowed to talk about Christmas. Okay, brilliant. Now I've won you all over. (laughs) I uh, I like Christmas. I do like Christmas, but um, it's only one day in December. But actually, the important thing about Christmas is we start thinking about. I'm getting some I'm getting some dirty looks from over there. <laughs> Christmas is brilliant. It just needs to be kept in its place. Yeah. Just like me. I'm brilliant, but I have to be kept in my place. <laughs> See, this is the danger of doing something without the notes. Is I could say anything now. So I hope I haven't upset you, but if you've put Christmas music on before December, I'm afraid you're wrong. <laughs> I can see some nods. Yes. <laughs> So now I've got you all skillfully on side. I will uh, begin. So it's our Christmas series we've got today um, where we're talking. We're looking at Luke chapter two, verses one to seven. Um, and then Rob is going to speak next week and go a bit further into that passage and talk about the shepherds, I think. Um, and then the week after that is our carol service where we're just tweaking things slightly, giving you invites and saying invite people. And we'll be sharing the gospel, we'll be talking to people about Christmas, about Jesus. And if you've got friends that you think, yeah, they'll benefit from that, then get them here. And, and, and I think it'll be brilliant and because they'll know the presence of God because when we meet, the presence of God comes like he did this morning and they will experience that. It doesn't matter how many changes we make, people will experience the presence of God because they're coming amongst the people of God. And so that's the carol service and that's going to be Brilliant. So let's read, let's read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, because that's going to set the scene. And I've actually got a PowerPoint this week. Amazing. I worked so hard on it, and now it's all changed. Let's read this together, shall we? It's Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. Uh, this is from the ESV version. 
In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there had been no place for them in the inn. This is the momentous occasion of the birth of Jesus, the son of God. It had been prophesied hundreds of years before. Now it was actually happening. And this is a key part of God's plan for salvation for all mankind. It is a key part. It is a pivotal moment in history where God broke in and acted for all of mankind. Everyone had rebelled and rejected God. And God came and acted. In recent weeks, we've looked at discipleship. We've looked at God's plan of redemption for mankind. All of history focused on winning God's people, God's God's creation back to himself. God didn't just let you go and forget about you. He said, no, I've got to do something because I love them. He showed unrelenting love and chose He chose a people first, the Israelites, and we see it in the Old Testament, who just kept on rebelling against God. And yet he pursued them and he pursued them and he pursued them and he didn't let them go. But there came a part, and it wasn't because something had gone wrong with the plan, but there came a point where God said, "Okay, we've got to this point. Now it's time to open this out to all of mankind. Now is the time for Jesus. It was an incredible plan. In fact, such was the magnitude of Jesus coming that it literally split the measurement of time in two. You know, we have time in B.C., before Christ, and A.D., Anno Domini, the year of our Lord is what it means. The time after Jesus was born. You know, some people are trying to airbrush that out by calling those times uh, before common era and common era. But guess what? doesn't matter what you call it, that pivotal point stays the same. They can't change that date. They can't move that. They can't say it hasn't happened. They can change the names all they like. And it's hardly had any uptake, actually. But it still revolves around the coming of Jesus and always will. You can try airbrushing all you like. It's always spotted. There is historical evidence that Jesus was born. You look at Roman history. So the book, a book written by a Roman historian called Tacitus. You look at Jewish history, a book written by Josephus. Neither of them believers, just documenting history. They both talk about Jesus. They talk about his miracles. He is a verifiable historical figure. The Bible 
The New Testament is a verifiable, it's scientifically verifiable that that is a reliable historical document. There is more evidence for the, for the New Testament than there is for any other historical book of that time. So for Tacitus and Josephus, that people just accept. It's incredible. It's verifiable that Jesus came just as it says in the Bible. You cannot airbrush that out. It was God's plan. And this is where things start to go a bit wrong from where I've I've planned it. Because I came downstairs this morning. We've been house hunting, okay, yesterday for a house in Solihull. (laughs) We looked at four. It's such a big thing. (laughs) I hate house hunting. I love looking around other people's houses. It's really interesting. But we wrestled with it last night with the houses we'd looked at and, and what do we do? And this is just big. This is just a big thing. It's expensive. Yeah. <coughs> and I came downstairs this morning and Pam was already down there sitting at the table. And uh, can you put up the last the picture, the last picture? Pam was drawing this. This is a verse from Acts chapter five. <sighs> Acts chapter 5, 38 and 39. If this plan is of man, it will fail. But if it's of God, you will not be able to overthrow it. When Jesus came, it was God's plan. Nothing would overthrow it. You know, Herod tried to wipe out, tried to murder him, tried to get rid of him. He tried all sorts of things. But God's plans never fail. Never. And I read that this morning. And I thought, if this house move is God's plan, it will not fail. But actually, if it's not God's plan or we pick the wrong house, God will sort that out. He will sort that out. And as I thought about that today, I thought, actually, that's the story of the last two and a half years of my life, of our lives, our children's lives. You see, when... Jesus was born, the plan that was being executed by God was not what the Israelites were expecting. They were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for someone to come. They were waiting for God to come. But it didn't happen the way they expected. It was totally different. It was, they they were expecting someone to come and and we talked about this this morning, to wipe out the Romans and set up the nation of Israel. Finally, we're going to rule. Finally, we're in charge. Finally, God's kingdom has come. Well, they were right. God's kingdom had come, but not in the way they'd expected. You see, God moves in mysterious ways. We say it, don't we? And then we're we're surprised when he does. I am anyway. Two and a half years ago, I was leading a church somewhere else. It was hard, because it is. If you've ever led in a church, it's amazing. It's a privilege. But it's hard work, you know? It's not easy. And I, we thought we'd be doing that for a long time to come. And we talked about stories and I, I just felt God saying to me this morning, you need to tell a bit of your story again. 
It's not what I planned. <laughs> it's totally different. So please bear with me if I stumble over a few things. It's not the plan we expected. I thought we'd be there for many years to come. But God had other ideas. But when things happen in our lives that we're not expecting. Certainly for me, I don't immediately see God's hand in it. I think things have gone wrong. And the things that happened to us there that meant we moved on were painful and weren't done very well, uh, probably on both sides, you know, um, and caused a lot of heartache. But I think we probably say now that it's been the making of us. You see, we don't expect God to move in, in the ways he does. But. God's plans don't fail. The other thing I found out from this is God's plans don't change. It's God's plan all along. So what he's doing with you right now is his plan all along. And even though things seem to change, actually God's plan doesn't. We do. So as we were worshipping, I was thinking about that and I just had a picture of a prism So when light shines on a prism and it splits the light into many, many colours, if you were standing in that in that light as it was split and you were standing close up, it's a big prism, this one. okay, big prism. And you're standing in this light and you might be seeing orange light and you go, that's it. It's making orange light. And then you shift slightly. Oh, actually, it's yellow light. I didn't see that. Wow. And then you shift again and, oh, it's green light. You see, it's not God that's changing. That light isn't changing. It's our position that's changing. We are changing. God changes us. And as he changes us, we see what he's doing with different clarity. And it might be that we see it for that moment. And then he changes us again and we see the next bit. And we think, wow, I I didn't expect that. The Israelites didn't expect a baby. They didn't expect that. Jesus came as the most vulnerable or at the most vulnerable he ever could have done. He went through birth. That's a vulnerable time. He went through childhood in the Middle East 2000 years ago. You know, it's a it's a vulnerable time now, isn't it? Childbirth. But then incredibly vulnerable. Child mortality rate would have been very high. They did not expect that to happen. But that's how we came. That's the plan that God had. I was reminded, actually, when I was preparing this. I was thinking about um, a chapter in The Lord of the Rings. I don't know whether you've read the book or seen the film. The book's better than the film. Film's all right, but the book's the best. I love that book. And um, there's a chapter called the Council of Elrond. And this is where all the leaders of all the different races are gathered together, trying to decide on the plan. What do we do with the ring? I won't go into detail now if you don't know the story, but this ring is pivotal. 
it all hinges around the ring. And they've all got different ideas of what should happen. Oh, we should we should use it against the enemy because it's powerful. No, that will corrupt us. We should we should destroy it. But we can't. We should. What what are we going to do with it? In the end, they do agree they do need to destroy it. But the only way to destroy it is taking it into the enemy's territory and dropping it into the, the lava of Mount Doom. That's a great story. And then they're just arguing. Well, who's going to do it? We need a mighty warrior. We need this. We need that. How are we going to do this? And there's all these arguments. And, and who's, going to do, who's going to go? Who's going to take it? Then there's this small voice that pipes up. I'll go. I'll go. I'll take it. And it's the most unlikely plan. The smallest, the most insignificant there is the one who takes it. And as I thought about that, it made me think of another council, grand council, this one outside of time, involving three in one, as God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, decided something's got to be done about mankind. What are we going to do? What are we going to do about mankind? How are we going to win them back to ourselves? And Jesus, who is not the smallest and most insignificant in this picture, pictures always break down somewhere. I'll go. I will go. And the plan was hatched to save mankind from their sin. But what a plan. It wasn't a plan by force. It wasn't what people expected. It wasn't what people wanted. But it was the plan that God had to save mankind. I felt as we as I looked at this, thought about this this morning, that as our as our story from the last couple of years illustrates, as the way Jesus came illustrates that there are people here today that are saying, I don't know what the plan is. What am I doing? What is God doing with me? It's not what I expected. God is doing things with you that you didn't expect. God is putting you in places that you never thought you'd be. What I want to tell you today, what I want to get across to you this morning is God's plans won't fail. And he's got you in that place because that's the right place. Our story from our move to Solihull, which, okay, it's not finished yet was unexpected. But we're in the best place we've ever been. (laughs) I didn't necessarily mean the church, I meant as people. (laughs) But as a church as well, thanks. (laughs) God has not only taken us from where we were, we've gone down into just suffering we couldn't have imagined. And never want to go through again. He's not just brought us back to where we were. He's taken us on further. He's got rid of the things that he needed to get rid of in us. So that he could use us for more of his kingdom, more of his plans, more fruitfulness. Rob told me that at the time, but I didn't want to hear it. But he was right. 
God is taking you on a journey. It's one you might not have expected. And it's probably had suffering along the way. But he's not going to restore you to where you were before. He's going to restore more to you. He's going to give you more. He's going to take you further than you've ever been before. You are going to be more fruitful than you've ever been before. You see, this story at Christmas, this coming of Jesus, this fact, didn't stay with Jesus as a baby. He went on from there through unimaginable suffering. And in fact, the notes I did have this morning were the fact that Jesus was sent to us. He came humbled, but then he was exalted. So actually, it does fit (laughs) because what Jesus has done with us is he's taken us. We have been humbled. There is no doubt about that. We've been sent here. And God is raising us up to something we've never done before. And actually, that's biblical, because let me just quote a few verses to you in terms of being exalted, because I think we have an issue with this sometimes. And and we talk about who we are in Christ. But actually, as Jesus was exalted to the right hand of the father, so we will be exalted, not in the same way, because we're not God. But we will be lifted up. So Matthew 23 12 says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Luke 1, 52, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Luke 14, 11, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's repeated. It's the truth. Jesus moved out of his comfort. He was humbled and then he was exalted. That is the pattern that God often uses. That is what we've experienced over the last number of years. That God has taken us from what we thought was, I thought, this is it. This is my calling. I'm going to be here a long time. It finished in excruciatingly. I just can't even express how painful it was. But I can stand here now, and I never thought I'd be able to do this, and I think I've said this before, it was worth it. It was worth it. To be in the in God's will like we are now. Now it hasn't finished yet. We're looking at buying a house. The one we think is the right house is the most expensive one we looked at. Why why does it work like that? But if it's God's plan, it will succeed. We just got to give it to Him and say, God, just do what you want to do with this. I think God wants to move us out of our comfort zones. I think it would have been much more comfortable for Jesus to come as a king, because that's who he was, who he is. It would have been very comfortable for him to come and sweep all before him. Oh, guess what? He's going to do that one day. So don't worry. That's going to happen. And we're going to be part of it. It's a great ending to the story. A little bit to go, yeah, I think. Um, who knows? Yeah, you never know. Uh, that's safe having to go through the house buying stuff, wouldn't it? Come again, Lord. <laughs> uh, 
There are people here today, and you're at different stages in this. There are some that God's saying it's time to move out of your comfort zone. It's time to step out into uncharted territory. Can I tell you, it's not easy. It it might hurt. But it gets better. There are some who have already done that. And you're going, yeah, I know. I've done it. Now look at what's happening. Because sometimes when you do that, you think, it's all gone wrong. It's all falling apart around me. Yeah, I know. It sometimes feels that way. But I want to encourage you. It doesn't stay that way forever. And what you will have added to you will be more than you left behind. I just think God wants to encourage some people here. To say, it's coming. The good bit's coming. You're really close. Just hang on in there. God's not going to fail you. He's going to come through. And it's going to be more spectacular than you could ever imagine. And there are some who are thinking, well, I don't really fit in either of those. Then be blessed. (laughs) Enjoy it. Because it goes through cycles, doesn't it? I remember someone saying once, the reason the Bible talks about humbling yourself before God is because you really don't want to be humbled. Do you get, you know? Because actually when you are not humble before God and he has to humble you, there's a lot more pain involved. I needed to be humbled. I think that's a lot of it for me. I needed to be taken out of a situation for many reasons. Because God wanted to do something else with us. But it's worth it. It's really worth it. And I just want to be, I want to encourage you. And I think... I'd not really planned how I'd finish, given that I've changed it all. Because it is time to start wrapping things up. So here's a summary. This just gives me time to think. (laughs) Jesus came. That's a fact. It's coming up to Christmas and we celebrate it. And let's celebrate it. Let's celebrate it well. You know, Christmas is good. Let's celebrate it with friends and family. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's buy presents. Let's have a nice meal. You know, do those things aren't wrong, you know? Let's celebrate it. But let's not lose sight of we know Jesus didn't wasn't born on December the twenty fifth. It's probably December the first, because all the best people are born then, you see. <laughs> Who knows when he was born? And that isn't the thing. The fact is we are celebrating the fact that Jesus came in an unexpected way. To complete his plans. Because we can't get away from the fact that Jesus didn't stay a baby, but he grew up, became a man. He was crucified for our sin and others' sin. He took the punishment that we deserved, but he conquered it. He was raised from the dead. And that means he will come back and sweep all before him. 
That's the real pinnacle, isn't it? That's what we're really waiting for. But in the meantime, there are things to go through. There are victories to be won. There's character to develop. There's fruit to be seen. Jesus came in an unexpected way. God does things in unexpected ways. You might be going through things now that are unexpected. And you might be thinking, I got it wrong. I sinned. God's punishing me. This is wrong. This is awful. No, God's just taking you through things to develop you, to make you fruitful, to to move you on, to get you where he wants you to be.